are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody who loves the Texans, hey, it's Friday. We made it through another week. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Happy to be back with you guys to discuss what your Houston Texans are doing. And I got to tell you, there's a lot of great news coming out of training camp. However, I cannot do this show without my partner in crime. Cody Davis. And as always, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Ladies and gentlemen, before we get started, three weeks from now, John and myself will be doing our very first post-game reaction show um giving you what we saw in the houston texans win that's right i said win over the kansas city Chiefs because that game is officially three weeks away and i cannot wait to get started but before we get into that yes we're still talking about things that are coming out of training camp as you guys know i am the lead texans reporter for espn houston and today i am dropping an article that i hope you guys get a chance to read, but you know, talking about Will Will Fuller, and and I have an idea on how to keep Will Fuller healthy throughout the 2020 season because, as we all know, he nine times out of ten is going to be the Texans' primary number one receiver, and he needs to stay healthy because, unlike years before, the Texans they need Will Fuller to stay healthy, and um, you know, so John and myself, we're gonna talk about that because, of course, I gotta see what John has to say about that. But as always, like I mentioned, we're still talking about training camp. And training camp is going really, really good for the Houston Texans. And ladies and gentlemen, earlier this week, when I was when when I was there, when I was at the practice facility, I was worried about what I seen from these rookies. But as the week has progressed, they have looked a hell of a lot better. Not only have I seen it. The coaching staff has seen it as well. And John, you 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 seen it yourself. Yeah, I mean. Ross Blacklock has been getting a lot of praise from that initial day that you were out there, Cody, at the practice facility till now on Friday. He's been balling. Dude has been balling. I mean, he's he's coming off two different blockers. He's knocking running backs backwards. He's getting tackles for loss. He's having his teammates wild in practice from the teammates to the coaching staff. Everybody is really you know, really enthused about the talent that this guy can bring in. You know, initially when you mentioned how, you know, I'm not going to call it bad, but just how slow he came off on Monday, my very first thought was he hasn't played football in eight or nine months. Russ is going to be there. And it seems like since then he's taken that rust off. He's dropped a T and added an S and he's going rust. with like Russell Westbrook and has been going crazy at practice really getting the team behind him and just saying, and everybody's thinking, wow, we lost DJ Reader. We may have gotten a better version of him back. And it's been very, very good to see him in his growth so far throughout training camp. Uh, The young boys, period, have just been lighting it up and catching the attention of their OCs, of their DCs, of their head coach, and other other players as well. Uh, Isaiah Kotler, which I want to take time out to really address the wide receiver room right now. Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, Kenny Stills, right? Kiki QT. However, we do have Vincent Smith, who's also having a good training camp as well with Houston. And then you add in the rookie receiver out of Rhode Island, uh, who had over 1,000 yards last year for his college, 72 catches. Isaiah Kohler, also with uh, eight touchdowns. He's having a good training camp as well. 
Tim Kelly mentioned that he has really great ball skills. Uh, he's long, athletic. He can run. He is able to go up and get the ball in a lot of those one-on-one situations. He is 6'3 at 190 pounds, big receiver, a little speed on him as well. This, this wide receiver room, which initially coming into training camp, before we saw anything, before we really knew what we was going to get, there was a lot of optimism there because when you look at the word optimism, you look at, well, I can see it being good, but I can also see it being very disappointing. Now, it looks like everybody across the board, not saying that these guys are going to be one of the elite groups in the NFL. I'm not sure about that because I haven't actually seen them play competition with no preseason right now. Right now, it's the 20th of August. We would have seen a preseason game by, by now. But where the optimism of where it could have been on the downside doesn't seem to be there anymore because of the speed, because of the upside of the young receivers, and then the upside of the guys that have been in the league for a while who just needs to stay healthy like a Will Fuller, which we'll get into later, a Brandon Cook so we can just keep him for 15, 16 games. And God forbid he has to go through concussion protocol at any point this year. We know about the veterans, Randall Call. We know how good King Steels is. And we talked about how Kiki QT is slowly getting himself out of that proverbial doghouse he was in last year with Bill O'Brien. Now, Vincent Smith is also making plays. But I also want to transition to the other side of the young boys. We talked about the receivers, um, and I mentioned Ross Blacklock. Also, Jonathan Grenard has been very impressive in training camp so far. Grenard has been getting his own praise at 6'3", 262 pounds, very young at 23 years old. Anthony Weaver commented on his game and said how much he's a physical ball player. You see the particularity uh, when he's setting the edge in the run game. Uh, Houston ranked 25th in the NFL last season in yardage allowed after losing defensive tackle DJ Reader in free agency. The run seemed to be an area, stopping the run, seemed to be the area of the defense that we're going to be concerned. But I think with Ross Blacklock and Jonathan Gennard and Weaver's praise, also with him trying to look at who he has on his roster so he can be more exotic and put players in the best position uh, to succeed, which would ultimately help the Texans defense. Getting that type of praise from a guy like Weaver, his first year at D.C., uh, you know he wants to come in and do whatever he can, and it seems like Grenard will eventually have a very good shot to start opposite uh, Whitney Merciless at outside linebacker. There's so much young talent around this team that I think having this year of COVID, right, this COVID year that we were having, the pandemic kind of drastically, kind of drastically changing everybody in every way of life that we've known so far, especially in the NFL. Um, having these young studs come in and plugging them in, a play here, a play there, because you have uh, veterans in front of them, that's going to be very good for the next two or three years down the line. Not putting that much pressure on them to go in and uh, succeed right away, uh, allowing them to become rotational guys at first, allowing them to get a taste of the NFL uh, bit by bit first is going to do wonders for them because then they'll be having one, two, three. Then they'll have the opportunity to learn the game on the field learn the game on the bench, learn the game in the classroom at a three-step process, they're not getting overexposed to the game so quickly, especially considering 
there was not a buffer period of an offseason for them. So kudos to the Texans for getting these young guys. Kudos to those young guys going out there in this training camp, busting their ass, making plays, getting the impressions that they need from their teammates and coaching staff. Also, we was asked on Twitter about the tight end group. And I got to tell you, aside from Kaheli Warren, which we haven't gotten that much information about, Jordan Atkins is having a very strong camp. During practices, he's making these tough catches. He's making these catches that are going to be Deshaun Watson chemistry-like catches and plays where you know, we know, you guys at home know, if you watch the Houston Texans, whether you're a fan or not, you know it's times where Deshaun Watson can just make something happen. And in making something happen, there's a lot of moving and dancing going on on, on his behalf. Atkins is going to be great for that. He's going to continue to run. He's making these concentrated catches um, in tight spaces, which is really good. And that chemistry and connection between those two, I can really see Jordan Atkins getting majority of the playing time over Darren Fells and have really having a breakout year. When I say breakout year, I can believe I can see around. When I say breakout year, I can see around 400 to 480 of yards, five, four or five touchdowns, and I think that would be a good year for him. But this team has had a lot, a lot of good news come out of training camp. And, Cody, do you want to know what the best news is? Let's look around the league. The Browns are down a running back in the cornerback. The Chiefs are having issues with Tyreek Hill with his hamstring and Alex Okafor. Denver is having issues and injuries. Uh, the Steelers are having issues and injuries. The Jaguars are having issues and injuries. The injuries are across the board. Not for Houston. We've had our guys that are opted out. We're going into training camp with who we've had so far, and nobody's gotten hurt during this first week. And I'll tell you this, as much as I, and I can call my own name on this, as much as I thought not having the offseason would hurt these guys going into this season healthy as possible with the rush of everything that's going on guys that you've been practicing with getting these plays down and learn within the last three weeks before the season that's going to put the Texans over and give them an edge when it comes to going into games game planning with who they have and who they're going to go up against I understand your excitement, but but let's let's pump the brakes on Jordan Atkins. I mean, yes, he 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 is having a phenomenal training camp nearly every single day. Whether it be Bill O'Brien, whether it be his teammates, whether it be Tim Kelly, which we're going to talk about him a, a little bit later on in the show, they they've all raved about Atkins. I don't see a situation unless Darren Fells get hurt. I don't see a situation where he's going to step in and become the starter, especially within these first couple of weeks. Now, with all that being said. John, what did I say a couple weeks ago when we did our position previews and we was talking about this tight end group? I called this one of, if not the most talented group of players when you look at guys like Fails, when you look at guys like Atkins and even Jordan Thomas. This is possibly the most competitive group as well because even though I'm going with Darren Fails, I, I would not be too mad if I see Bill O'Brien and Tim Kelly give Atkins the starting nod. I don't think it's going to happen, but I would I would be okay with it. With all that being said, where in the hell does that leave Kelly Warren? Uh, I don't even think we should focus on him uh, simply because when he or if he plays for Houston, and I think it would be a crime for him to get bumped up over Jordan Thomas, but if he plays, when he plays, 
we'll see what we have in him then or who the Texans believe they have in him. But I think right now is a perfect time to focus and highlight what the players that are actively doing. And yeah, Jordan right. Atkins is, is having a great a great training camp. He's He had a good year last year getting filled in when he needed. And I think moving forward, I, I, Warren will come about whenever he comes about, if we even see him suit up in a regular season game for Houston. If not, I don't care. Uh, I know a lot of the guys who follow us on Twitter and, and women out there, uh, they're, they're really excited about Warren. We talked about him. He actually finally practiced this week. He had a very great combine last year. I get it. I understand. La La Land, whatever you want to call it. Focus on what we have right now, guys. And that's a very two decent tight end group with Fells and Atkins. And real quick on Jordan Thomas, Deshaun Watson said a couple weeks ago that he is very excited to see what Thomas can potentially bring to this team. He said he adds everything. He plays outside, inside, block, short, intermediate routes, long, whatever you ask for him, he has it. The speed, the size, it is there. So once again, we're talking about three tight ends. Any one of those guys could be your starter, solid backup, and of course, all three of those guys are really good at blocking, so you know they're going to fill holes at special teams. Bill Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. Bill Bars are tasty. Not none of that bland, no-flavor bars. No, none of that. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Who doesn't like candy bar? Snickers, Mr. Good Bar, the whole nine, but it's just a little bit more better for you. 16 amazing flavors. Eight chocolate nut flavors, eight chocolate nut free flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy like me. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, which is what you really need if you're really trying to get a little bit healthier. Flavor profile here, peanut butter brownie, 20 grams protein. 170 calories, 3 grams sugar, 3 grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. We all know that the 2020 season is going to be a big year for Will Fuller. Yes, I know you guys probably are tired of us talking about this, but... <laughs> This is possibly Wills Fuller's most important year of his career um, because not only is he entering a season where his role is going to increase, this is also his contract season. And if he goes out there and produce, I'm pretty sure Houston is going to be able to give him a pretty manageable contract. Or if you go out there and really produce and the Texans don't want to really pay him that much money, he could get a bag from another team. But anyway, it goes, you're looking at a situation where this is his contract season with an increased role. But we all know every single year, especially over the last two seasons, the number one issue, the number one topic surrounding, surrounding Will Fuller is his injury history. Um, he has had an ACL tear. He has had a variety of hamstring injuries. Um, we know last year he suffered from a core muscle tear where he did have surgery in January. And um, Fuller came out and said um, one day last week that he feels healthy. This is the best his body felt. Um, he has put on a lot more muscles. And he he said his primary goal is to play the full entire 16 regular season game. With that being said, 
I was doing some field study on on Will Fuller, and I came up with this idea. Everyone knows that Will Fuller's best attribute on the field is his speed. And with his speed, which means he's able to get down the field, and you have arguably one of the best deep threat receivers in this league. However, knowing that and knowing how much strain he's putting on his body, especially his hamstring, I, I, I felt like this was, should be an opportunity where Tim Kelly could take a look at his roster. You already have two very good, one of them is possibly the best deep threat receiver in the league in Brandon Cook. But you got Kenny Steeles, you got Brandon Cook. What I'm hoping that the Texans do, and I do believe this is a key for him to stay somewhat healthy, and this will be a situation where it would help his hamstring injuries, is to shorten his route. With those other guys on, on, on the team, Steeles and Cooks, you know, you, the Texans no longer need for Fuller to go out there and run those long routes. I would like to see the Texans change it up, give him shorter routes to run. Because one of the biggest benefits of shortening Will Fuller route is the fact that it will help his hamstring. Because as of right now, nearly every time Will Fuller is coming off the line of scrimmage, he is coming off in a full sprint to beat his guy. And let's just say if you limited him and let him run a slant, a, a flat, a curl, or a comeback, that is going to put less wear and tear on his hamstring. And it's going to put him in a position where he's going to be able to possibly sustain for a full 16-game regular season. Very interesting take, Cody. And I'll tell you why that's interesting. Simply because what we had Will Fuller for whenever DeAndre Hopkins was here in town, what do we mm-hmm. need Will Fuller for? What do we need him for? Deep threats. Stretch the field. Mm-hmm. Deep threats. That's right. And so now you brought you brought in Brandon Cooks. We know what he can do. We 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 know how much he can fly. Now when you look at Will Fuller and we ultimately still look at him as an X factor, the X factor can only be an X factor if he's able to be on the field in order to be that factor. Right. And so I like the interesting idea and take. What we originally needed you for, we don't need you for that all the time anymore because we have somebody. Let's make your job easier, which in such will make our offense go. One thing about Will Fully is he can fly, but the problem is we've only seen him limited to certain routes, which is the fly route. You know, go, go get it, go get it, go get it, go fly it out there and go get it. Now we, we should be able to see him on some more bubble screens to get him in open space. Now we should be able to see him run more slants. Now we should be able to see him to do a little bit more curls in order to get the ball out to him. One missed tackle, and he is gone. And Tim Kelly is in a very complex situation right now. Not really that complex, but do you look at yourself and say, do you ask yourself, if I'm Tim Kelly, Do I want to continue to utilize Will Fuller like I have been, like we have been here in Houston, or do I want to change up and do it my way? And, Cody, let me ask yourself this question. And listeners at home, whenever you hear this question, I want you to tweet us as well. If he was promoted to his position for a reason, what's the best way to go? His way. His way. And not necessarily promoted. Let me correct myself. If he was told you are now the full-time play caller, right? Not halftime, not part-time, not come in whenever you feel like coming in because we know 
how some of us do at work. Now you have the keys to do whatever you want. And if I sit back and I look at, we've seen a lot of these injuries. It could be possibly due to overuse of running. And even still, if he makes a guy miss, he's still going to, you know, if he makes a guy miss, he's still going to go out there and run. But I think if you limit the running before catch that he's going to ultimately have to do, then we can see a better version of Will Fuller. And in the end, make him a more complete receiver. Make him run the entire route tree. Make him make him run some dig routes. Make him run some five and outs. Make him run some, even with those post corners. Keep those post corners in there. Make him run those slants. Get him in open space. Get creative with the play calling. That way, he can be a decoy for Brandon Cook's rental call uh, or, or Kenny Steele's, or they can be a decoy for him because the uncertainty of what he's going to run would now be there. There'll be a, a mysterious factor now. We pretty much know what Will Fuller is going to do the entire time. What, what I mean by that is, check these numbers out. Will Fuller had 670 yards through the air last year, total, right? The total yards passed, traveled in the air before the ball being caught was 451 yards. So that means over half of his catches were deep balls. He had to go out and get 451 yards of the pass being in the air before catching the ball out of his 670. That's a lot of yards before touching the ball. And if you want to limit some of the hamstring injuries, as you like to put it, as I would like to put it, if you want to, you know, expand how dynamic of a receiver he can be and make it full, get him in those quicker intermediate passing situations. Because I think he can win on those. I really do. And another reason why I wanted to bring up the possibility of shortening Will Fuller's routes, you know, we can go back and forth all we want, but Will Fuller, at least for the start of the season, is going to be the Texans' primary number one receiver. But the only problem with that is he is only a 60% pass catcher for his entire career. Not only will shortening his route keep him healthy, but it will make him a lot more efficient. And the number one receiver to use as an example to show how much a shorter route makes you a more efficient receiver, just go down I-10 East, go to the boot, Go to the city, I believe it's called New Orleans. Go inside the the, the Mercedes-Benz Superdome and watch Michael Thomas. This man, over the last two years since New Orleans has shortened his route, has caught 82.5% of his passes. I'm not saying that Will Fuller is going to be on the level as Michael Thomas, but it's just going to make him a more efficient player. And in order for the Texans to seed in 2020, a lot of it's going to fall on the shoulders of Will Fuller. Yesterday, we sent out a tweet by saying, um, what are some of the areas of improvement you are looking for while the Texans are at training camp? And um, our guy, Uber Wise, had tweeted back. He said, no blown coverages, pass rush outside of J.J. Watt. Anything about the rookies? Well, we already talked about the rookies. And um, Uber Wise, I hope I'm saying that right, by the way. Uber Wise, I, I, I have to say, I think the Texans' pass rush is going to be a lot better in 2020 than we've seen in 2019 because we know once J.J. Watt was out due to that torn pet, 
uh, we saw how much the defensive line went down, and that was a defensive line that still had DJ Reader. Um, but even with Reader's subtraction, I still think that they're going to have another pass rusher. And the guy that I have my eyes set on is Zach Cunningham. Um, he has improved over the last two seasons, ever since his rookie season in 2017. Um, last season, he recorded two sacks. And and Bill O'Brien actually had sent some praise his way during his press conference on yesterday. He said um, he can play zone coverage. He can play man coverage. He's a good blitzer. He's a really, really, really good football player. And I like to emphasize really a lot because that's the way Bill O'Brien said it. So, um, so yeah, once again, the improvements that Cunningham has made, as a matter of fact, I actually had an opportunity to see him practice on Monday, and he did look good as well practicing with the um, linebacker group. And um, I think that he's going to be another reason why this defensive line, especially that pass rush area, is going to be a hell of a lot better in 2020. And he's only going to get better as he enter year four. Yeah, absolutely. And from year two to year three, he made a lot of improvements. Uh, yards for completion went down uh, nearly 0.7. Yards for target went down 0.5. He allowed less touchdowns. Um, he also did a better job with the yards allowed, period. In 2018, he allowed 466. Last year, only 319. He's getting improvement. Uh, in that past coverage game, like he's 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 getting better and better. And last year, we know how much of a great tackler he was at the AFC in tackle. So he's getting better. I would like to see, however, a little bit more sack. Not necessarily. Let me let me dial it back a little bit. I would like to see him getting better in the pass rushing game. Period. In 2018, he had no sacks. Last year, he had two sacks. But I like to see more QB hurries. I like to see more QB knockdowns. Last year, he had zero. And I like to see just more disruption on his behalf. But going into his fourth year, the sky is the limit. I also think Zach Cunningham makes Bernardrick McKinney a little bit more expendable. If they choose to look around the league and if they want to get better in the area and they feel like they have a piece of Bernardrick McKinney that they could uh, include in the trade, I think Bernardrick McKinney is now more uh, expendable if they get something back at the right cost and the right player, because Zach Cunningham is young. This is his fourth year, has a lot of upside, and has only gotten better and better each year. So to see him and his growth over the last three years since 2017, tackles numbers go up from 90, 107, last year 142. Uh, sack numbers from his first year was one and a half. His second year had zero, but last year he had two. He's getting better and better, and to keep our eyes on him is our job right now. Thank you guys for checking out our show this week. We really appreciate you guys, and, and hopefully you have a fun Friday. Enjoy your family. Stay safe, of course. Wear your mask. Mask up. I'm John from Sports Guy Hickman. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at CodyDavis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And as always, please remember to subscribe to Locked On Texans on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, Spotify, and all of your favorite podcast streaming services. The NFL season is three weeks away, and we cannot wait. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.
You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.